Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Wednesday, December 9th, 2015, and this is The Ride. Hello my friends, I am drinking my caffeine-free coffee this morning. Mm-mm-mm, yummy. So as I'm driving to work today, I notice a barn. I notice this barn every day, but I noticed it in particular today. This thing is decrepit and falling, well not falling apart, it has fallen apart. Past tense, it looks like it's been in this shape for 20 years. It's kind of cool, I'd like to take some pictures of it even in its current state, it's kind of cool from all sorts of different angles. But one could look at that barn and think, man, that is good for absolutely nothing. And I was, I drove by it, saw that, thought about that, thought, should we touch on that today? And I was going to listen to the, the Word of God a little bit and get some different ideas. And just as I was getting uh, Bible Gateway up, I noticed another, I noticed another barn that was entirely gone, except for the foundation. And I drive by that one every day too, I just noticed it really consciously for the first time right now. And I thought, you know what, I think the Lord's trying to tell us something, so I'm going to touch on that. I find barns fascinating. I don't know about you guys, but barns signify more than just a building to me. It signifies a lifestyle, it signifies a period in time, it signifies work and effort in order to make the thing and it signifies skill because if you've ever really studied barns you know that there is actually really cool engineering going on it's fascinating it makes me want to study it more and do it more like the old-fashioned mortise and tenon type building there's all sorts of fascinating ways to build in that way I don't know I just get I just get excited about barns I love the smell of them, believe it or not, even if there was animals in them. I love, I love old things, I love new things. I love a lot of things. I even remember going to Greenfield Village. Now, I was an adult when, when this happened, what I'm going to bring up. But I went to Greenfield Village and walked into this big shop. It's where they manufactured like a machine shop, but, but back in the day where you had some kind of a steam boiler running uh, something to spin. Oh, I don't know if it was steam. Yeah, I think it was steam. Something would run this thing that would spin and it would drive all these pulleys in this building. And the building was built kind of like a barn, but it was really high and really long. And you had all these pulleys. If I were to count them, I would say 50 different pulleys all from the main shaft and they all drove the local, you know, whatever machine you happen to be at. And a lot of them were lathes, but you know, it's just fascinating. But the thing I remember the most is when I walked in there, the smell, unmistakable. You had just mostly um, sawn wood smell with just a hint of motor oil and a little bit of shellac or varnishy smell. 
man did that that was so awesome it made me want to do that made me want to do that these guys in there some there's some old timers in there that were there kind of showing off some of the lathes and things and they would make these little miniature candlesticks for the kids that were visiting greenfield village these two two older gentlemen they would also use that facility to actually lathe and machine parts for the model t's that they had running around greenfield village because nobody makes those parts anymore so they had to you know make them up as needed fascinating made me want to do that until i saw how many fingers these guys had unfortunately that type of life apparently they they apparently had done this for years but uh, unfortunately that type of life uh was quite dangerous to your digits so i figured well uh, once i saw that i think they probably had lost about three or four fingers between the two of them i thought i thought well maybe i'll just come and visit then but the the whole ambiance of the building the building spoke to me you know what i mean it spoke to me of maybe a simpler life now i know people back then you know this was probably a late 1800 shop that they restored probably board by board and moved it to the Greenfield Village from wherever they took it. You know, I pictured a simpler time. I know that it probably wasn't. People living then were had just as many issues as we do. We just have more gadgets nowadays, more channels. In a sense, we've got it a whole lot easier than maybe people back then. But we like to think of it as a simpler time, longing for a simpler time. Well, guess what? So we're talking about barns and decrepit barns and longing for the simple times. If you sit down and think about why it is we do that, because I think a lot of people have that, that feeling about longing for the simple times. I think what it really is, is just longing for some time other than now, because now is my trouble time. Am I, am I right? We try to escape. Escape for the point of escaping isn't a great thing. But I understand the, the desire to escape trouble. Flee from trouble. And like I mentioned yesterday, you can't really free yourself from trouble unless you go towards something that's not trouble. And that's what I'm always telling us, is that that is seeking the, the Lord in time with the Lord. That should be your great escape. You know, we have so much media and stuff that we're always escaping what we have to do. Escapism, it's a big thing. But, you know, we're not the only culture to do it. We're not the only time era that does it. You know, back in Mozart's time, they had escapism too. They, they made plays and ballets and all these other things entertainment was escapism but i think the great escape should be our lord because when we escape from our trouble to go toward him he restores us and that's getting right back to the barn thing i started this whole thing talking about barns that were broken down and the trouble of our day tends to break us down would you say? And some of us are maybe more broken down than others. 
some of us see ourselves not broken down at all and we're just you know what's wrong with you <laughs> in which case on the inside you're probably more broken down than you think because we're all broken to a degree but some of us might be really broken and see ourselves as that barn I first mentioned that's been deteriorated for 20 years not a, not a lick of paint on it anymore it's just completely worn down grayed wood dry rotted at the mercy of the environment that will beat down on it year after year and throw snow on it and heavy weight and burden and, and you think I'm too far gone to restore do you know God restores and it doesn't matter what shape your barn is in you might even be that other barn I mentioned where there is no wood left just a foundation you might be a barn that hasn't even been created yet your new barn your new creation of a barn hasn't even been developed yet God is a restorer because what you might not know is that he had established a relationship to your ancestors way back in the garden that relationship was there it became severed but can be restored and your barn can be created your foundation can be sturdied and built upon and your old barn beams and panels can be retrofitted and replaced and restored that's the nature of the Lord we always seem to talk about our Lord as very consistent and constant but there is one thing that's constant about him and that, that there is change and what I mean by that is there's one change that's gonna take place he says there, there will be no more tears I used to think that that commercial on TV for Johnson's baby shampoo actually was scriptural because they said no more tears and I remembered <laughs> that the Bible said that but there were tears and then there are no more tears that's a change now he's referring to things that take place at the end of time but even during this time that we're in change can take place I want you all to be encouraged we shouldn't be looking at ourselves like that old broken down barn even if even if underneath it all we know that that's kind of the situation we are in and that's what we are I really want us to get God's perspective because he doesn't see that barn that way he doesn't see it like this decrepit thing he sees the potential you may have heard me talk once about a show called uh, Barnwood Builders if you haven't checked it out you should check it out but the, one of the main guys on that his job was to go and look at these barns the decrepit barns and determine the value of it because in his line of work he can get value out of the the barn wood he can either restore the barn if it can be done or he can take the wood and reuse it for other purposes and he assigns a value to that well you know when God looks at you in your barn he assigns a value to it too but he doesn't look at it just the way that we see it he looks at it through the lens of Jesus Christ and what Jesus did for us 
I will say this to the day I die. What he did for us changed the whole situation. We are no longer tied to the sin that besets us and that that distorts our building and, and causes us to be decrepit. We're no longer bound to that. I said yesterday, the chains that once held us to that kind of stuff, they've basically been broken. We just need to choose to stand up and walk toward the Lord and find out that, oh yeah, these things didn't actually hold me. It reminds me of the movie Tintin. For those who saw Tintin, based on a, I think it's a French comic. It was a very well done movie in 3D animation. But there's a scene in it where the captain, who's a drunkard, meets Tintin for the first time. Tintin's been captured. He's on a boat. He manages to escape his captivity, but he's still on the boat. And he finds this captain, drunk, like he always is, locked in a room. He's the captain, but the ship's crew has performed a mutiny, and they captured him, locked him in this room with a bunch of alcohol and whatnot. And Tintin gets in there, meets him, finds out that he's been held captive, and Tintin opens the door. And the captain looks at him kind of funny, like, oh, I didn't realize that was open. I guess I can escape. And that's the same concept. We feel like we're trapped. We feel like we're stuck into sin. We sometimes feel like there's no hope for us. We, our barn won't ever be restored. It's just the way it is. Here comes along Jesus Christ, and he opens the door. And we're dumbfounded. Oh, I guess I didn't have to be bound into this room. I think part of our problem is, like this captain, we're drunk. We're drunk on the world. We don't see what God has already done for us. So there's a little diversion. But I thought that picture was worth a million bucks. No matter how you see your barn, know that the Lord is restoring us. He's restoring us. He's taken some of the beams and the, and the panels, wood boards, that we thought were just worthless, and they might be valuable. He'll take certain parts of our life and adapt them to the new thing that's happening, the new building that's being formed. He might have to trim away some things that have been dry rotted and are worth less, but he restores and he brings new wood into the situation. And your barn can be rebuilt. Your life can be rebuilt. Of course, the foundation is very important and it must be built on him. But remember when I was talking earlier about escapism and how he is our great escape? Because it is we, we hang out with the Lord and we escape the the words that are lies in this world and culture and we get to hear what he has to say about it but he doesn't just leave us there so we're ultra super spiritual worth nothing to my neighbor and he causes us to be in a position where we can help our neighbor what good is having a good barn unless you can shelter right so this whole idea of escapism, why don't we maybe turn it on his head and say, you know, let's escape thinking about ourselves in this 
run-down, ramshackled way and escape that thinking and live thinking about ourselves like God does through the finished lens of the work of Jesus Christ. How about we do that? Because I know when you look at your life that way, you will see potential, you will see hope, you will see results. I know my God is good. I know He gives us good things. I know that He can turn bad things around. Just need to give your heart to Him. Okay, so you guys, stay in that word and you live in peace. And you pray for those who persecute you. And don't forget, the Lord has made a way for you, a way of sound, peace, joy, and love, and opportunity, so that you can be a shelter to the rest of the world. Okay, so I will see you on the flip.